So at net, at fat, you're listening to Manual Focus, a monthly podcast where we talk to a Christian creative and we learn a lesson that God has taught them. I'm Alicia Cologne, paper illustrator and photographer and your host. Hey guys, I'm really excited about this month's episode because I'm going to be sharing a message that I gave at Design Week Tallahassee, and this talk is called My Ex-Favorite Lies. So let's go ahead and dive in. Now, as you guys know, I am a paper illustrator and photographer, and I know what you're thinking. That's pretty niche. I mean, in kindergarten, when asked, what do you want to be when you grow up, Alicia? I mean, I didn't just say, oh, teacher, I'm so glad you asked. Actually, I put a lot of thought into it this morning while dressing my paper dolls. And recently, I landed on visually communicating complex ideas only using paper when I grow up. Yeah, that that didn't happen. No, this niche is a result of a lot of exploration and discovery. And honestly, I'm pretty surprised that it's a viable service to offer businesses. So as you guys know, I just recently left Focus Lab and in a little over the two months that I have been freelance, I've already gotten some gigs, which I'm super excited about. I was able to create a hero and a couple of spot images for Digital Wheelhouse and then also create some crafty 3D IRL images for Jose. So, and not to mention getting a couple of little you know, personal projects finally out there that I've had on my mind for months. So how did I get here? Well, earlier I did say exploration and discovery. And to be frank, about 16 years worth. And yes, that's been pretty instrumental in where I am today. But there's something much harder than just trying a whole bunch of things. More arduous than showing up and putting in the effort. Something that I had to do was tenaciously fight and overcome creative crippling lies. You guys get it. You've experienced those lies. Like when a new project comes through the door, we drag our feet. Why is that? When an opportunity that we've wanted forever, that's exciting, but yes, it is challenging too. We just might turn that project down. Why? And there's something that we want to do, a project, a collab, learn a new skill, launch a side gig, but we don't push forward. Why? It's because there's negative self-talk that gets us into this mental armbar and we quickly become paralyzed. And overcoming these crippling creative lies are like breaching the walls into discovery. So let's go ahead and dive in. The first lie is, I'm not enough. Early in my paper craft pursuits, someone at Netflix reached out to me. They were doing a first within their company, a week full of design workshops for their internal creative teams. And it was intended for the various departments to get some hands-on creative experience outside their typical wheelhouse while building up their relationships and rapport amongst the teams. I mean, how cool is that? And they wanted me to teach a paper craft workshop. I was elated. I mean, first, someone at Netflix knew who I was. I mean, that's always pretty cool. But secondly, this was a confirmation that I was headed down a great direction with my paper illustration. It was turning heads. I was getting attention. But as quickly as I got excited, I became 
overwhelmingly scared. You see, this opportunity came right after a huge defeat. So at Focus Lab, a need arose for an iceberg illustration, okay? An iceberg paper illustration. And up to this point, it took about eight hours to make a craft, max. I mean, from simple sketches to producing, photography, and polishing details in Photoshop, I could whip something up in a day's work. And I thought this iceberg was going to be the same. So my projected eight hours came and went, and I still didn't have an iceberg. I mean, sure, I had countless failed attempts. I had a whole bunch of what not to do, but in the time I could start and finish a craft, I didn't even have the main subject created. My mind started reeling. I'm not good enough. Why try to be a paper crafter if I can't even make a simple iceberg? Who is going to hire me? Those thoughts were on repeat. So let's take a sidebar. Now, fortunately for me, I read a lot and I'm really interested in how I can improve myself. So recently, I got into a whole bunch of books about neural pathways and the mind and trying to figure out how I think and how I can make that better. So during this period, I started learning about neural pathways and neural pathways are connections in your mind that could be thoughts or actions. For instance, you hear this and you do that. You smell this and you remember that. You struggle with this and then you think that. I mean, they're they're cause and effect, okay? And the thing is that they're also very plastic. So just like you have them in your head, you can also change them, which I thought was amazing. So here we have these pathways that are almost habitual instantaneous actions that we can actually mold. And so how do you do this? Well, the way that I do this is through my personal declarations. Okay. This is one of the many ways that I'm going to share with you guys. So what are personal declarations? Personal declarations are a statement of truth that you tell yourself. I mean, they can be grounded in any faith structure, and I hope they are, because honestly, that's the firmest foundation you can stand on. Uh, It can be based upon what your mama told you or Mr. Rogers. I mean, it's going to be pretty impossible to try to find somebody more encouraging than Mr. Rogers. So whatever the source, it needs to be the positive counterpart of the negative thing that you're telling yourself, okay? Now, I learned about personal declarations two years ago via Craig Rochelle, who is a pastor. And I will share his sermon in my show notes so you guys can hear that firsthand. But the abbreviated version of this is that I took 30 to 45 minutes and I labeled all the like general broad strokes things that I struggle with. Like, I'm not good enough. I don't have enough confidence. I'm not smart. I don't know how to deal with people. I don't obey. Things like that. And then what I did is that I matched it with the positive truth. And all of mine, of course, were found in the Bible. So one of them is... Christ's grace is sufficient for me. His his strength is made perfect in my weakness. And you I literally have a a sheet of paper and it's front and back of these truths. Um, and in the beginning of the every day, I literally declare these things to myself. Now, when I first started my personal declarations, I took this paper with me and reread them whenever I needed to, no matter where I was. Okay, so back to the iceberg. My thoughts are reeling. I'm not enough. 
Why try to be a paper crafter if I can't make a simple iceberg? And who is going to hire me? I mean, those thoughts were on repeat and I was just going into this endless cycle of depression. And thankfully, this day was the day that I brought my personal declarations. I waged war in efforts to reroute my pathways. And I told myself, I can do this. God is with me. This is what he created me to do. Now, it was awesome. There was a lot of energy. But this was a huge, huge task. And here I am at the end of the day with absolutely nothing done, and people are starting to leave to go home. And I had an opportunity. I can either call my husband and say, hey, honey, will you please pick up the kids, or I could just, you know, rest. And I understand that a lot of people, you know, they argue that rest is the way to go. But if I'm in the middle of a battle like this with myself, I am going to stay. And so stay I did. After my teammates left, I cleaned up my desk, fresh start, you know, all the paper recycling bin full. And I looked down at my mathematical formulas because, you know, icebergs have a lot of geometry to it that I didn't realize at the point when I agreed to do an iceberg. And I looked at the math and I tried to figure out another way. I mean, I just spent eight hours looking at the math previously and I couldn't come up with anything. And I just started to cry. I'm like sobbing. And because I didn't have anybody in the team like with me, like I just let those crocodile tears go. My thoughts went vicious. I am too old to learn. Why am I trying? Who am I kidding? No. I thought, Taking advantage of being alone in the office, I snatched my declarations up and I said on the top of my voice like a warrior cry, I am good enough. I can do this. I am good enough. I can do this. And I declared it over and over and over until my tears cleared up. And then with gusto, I tackled that project again, and it took over 20 hours to create, and I will share the image in the show notes. And I'm honestly still not happy with how the iceberg turned out, but I am well pleased with how I fought for myself that day. And so back to Netflix, the iceberg was a previous week, and I was still mentally exhausted from the war that I had with myself, right? And they wanted me to teach something that just last week, I like white knuckled my way to victory. Like, mm, I don't know. And so I buckled and I told my dream company, no, I'm not good enough. That's a lie that plagues so many. And you see the symptoms of that lie in my story. You, you see it with me saying no to a dream partnership. You will see other symptoms like hesitation in starting a new project or comparing and being jealous with other creatives. The, the impact is that we don't try. We won't grow. We miss those opportunities because we believe we aren't good enough. We believe we won't get any better. And so we're stuck in the muck of self-doubt, growing in our frustration and swimming in our resentfulness. And so alongside personal declarations, how am I battling it? 
And honestly, I can say that there's these three books that I definitely recommend you guys reading. One is Grit by Angela Duckworth. Two is The Mindset of Psychology of Success by Carol DeWick. And three is Switch on Your Brain by Caroline Leaf. Now, these are all doctors within the mental and neuropsychology field, and they're all full of case studies and research for us to learn and grow through. Now, I don't have time to go into these books here, but I can share one brief story from Angela's book, Grit, concerning West Point, a military college where elites who boast of both physical and intelligence superiority attend. Now, each year, Many cadets who were surveyed to be the best of the best dropped out in their first year. And their first year at West Point is called Beast Year. I mean, it is intense. And so about 50 years, scientists have always tried to predict who would drop out based upon their past physical and academic performances. Now, here's the thing. The differentiator between one and the other cadet is literally decimal points. And so they were trying to use they were trying to use some theories to try to figure it out based upon these decimal points of difference, which cadets would make it and which cadets would drop out. And here's the thing, they were always wrong. And then Angela Duckworth came along with her grit theory and she argued a person's perseverance and passion were way more important with how smart or strong they were. So Angela sent out a a questionnaire to incoming cadets inquiring of past clubs, projects, and ideas. Did they jump from idea to idea or did they have a tenacity to stick it through? Did setbacks discourage them? Did they struggle with focusing on goals that took longer than a few months to complete? Based upon these answers, Angela with shocking accuracy predicted which candidates would drop out and which ones would stay. Now her book and Kara DeWick's book and Caroline Leafs is full of case studies and research. And I tell you that it all indicates to this truth that I took to heart and that I hope you do too. It doesn't matter how good or smart or capable you are right now. It just matters that you don't give up. Second lie, this is going nowhere. So my first job was a salaried in-house designer. And to exemplify this period, one project was to design a brand in a week. It was flaming garbage. So here we are in the last day and my client liked it and there was no amount of debate that would help convince a client that waiting and iterating on the logo was worth it. And so that piece of trash went on to grace coffee mugs and shirts and banners, you name it. So not only was I in a job that I hated, I got to see my crappy work printed all around me all the time. I was so jealous of my fellow design classmates. They seemed to have more luxurious jobs. I mean, cool website initiatives, cool business trips, jobs for cool brands. I mean, I saw their endless opportunities. And when I turned to my job, all I could see was an endless cycle of creating half-baked brands and campaigns. I didn't see growth. No opportunities for other employment because my design portfolio was full of trash. I mean, okay, yeah, 
at this job, I did pick up a camera for the first time. Okay. And that was pretty cool. But in that moment, I was like, what am I going to do with this? You see, my underlying thoughts here was that what I did didn't matter. And yeah, I mean, I tried to grow, tried to experiment, but that was always pushed back. It didn't matter, Alicia. Accept it. What you're doing here won't lead anywhere. This is it. I wish I could say that my thinking evolved or I discovered what a side project was or a Mary Poppin-esque mentor gave me two scoops of sugar with a swift kick to the butt, but none of that happened. My husband got a job out of the state and so we moved. Pretty anticlimactic, huh? Well, luckily for me, the story doesn't end there. So fast forward a little bit, and then we're back in our original city, and I'm now working as a project manager. Now, during that first job, while I sucked at pushing back on clients and creatively designing under tight deadlines, I was able to manage all their expectations and deliver on time. Consistently. I could wield a calendar like it was no one's business. And that strength led me to the world of project management, which then opened the doors of Focus Lab to me. So fast forward a little bit more, Focus Lab needs photos of projects and culture to help visually communicate their brand to potential clients and the design community. They know of my past photography experience and they ask me to try my hand at it. So of course, after three years of project managing, I switched to full-time photography at Focus Lab. Do you see a trend? My past experience were always leading me to where I am now. I mean, regardless how bleak my design career looked in the moment, especially in comparison to other people, it was leading somewhere. And as I've been in the design industry now for about 16 years, I can see all those little instances where I felt were meaningless in the moment, but were actually like putting up dominoes that would carry me where I am today. And this just isn't my story. Almost everyone knows of the story of David and Goliath, right? And I'm sure you know it because this is a Christian podcast, but if you don't, here's a summary, okay? David, a middle schooler, takes out the giant Goliath, okay? Now, prior to that extraordinary, miraculous victory, David was a shepherd. He took care of his father's sheep day in and day out. It was a family trade passed on to David as a young boy. And in the middle of it, I'm sure David thought his future looked pretty lackluster. Watch sheep, get married. Watch sheep, make babies. Watch sheep. I mean, it didn't really sound exciting. But on those fields, wild animals would come, lions and bears, and it was all up to David to protect his sheep. So in that dead-end job, on the fields, David learned skills. He deepened his faith. He created disciplines that carried him through like a domino slide to the victorious battle with Goliath. And this is how it is with you and me. Now, if you're currently struggling with an unhealthy level of discontent with where you are, be careful because that can turn into a negative cesspool of resentfulness that drowns your creativity and stifles your growth and closes the door of any future domino slides. Resentfulness embitters your heart towards your situation, your boss, and yourself, and it can become a poison that colors your thoughts and starts to bleed into other areas of your life. So, 
how do you overcome it? The first step is staying positive and trusting the path. I understand that it's hard to trust in things that you don't see, but I promise you, promise you that as you move through your design career, you are setting up dominoes. Now, if you struggle with this, I encourage you to listen to interviews of the designers you love. Most times they'll tell of their domino history and how it brought them to where they are. You'll see how instances tie together, which will be encouraging. So, and secondly, take an inventory of your situation right now. I mean, don't look at where you're going or where you want to go, but where you have been and see the dominoes that have led to your current place in life. And yes, some of those dominoes are not the prettiest, like David's lions or bears, but I guarantee you they had a purpose in getting you where you are now. And that's pretty freaking awesome. So celebrate those achievements. Don't belittle or forget past victories. You can trust that what you are doing now matters. You're setting up the next series of dominoes that will take you further than you can imagine or see. Now, here's an important thing, and I don't want you to forget it. If your job doesn't set up the dominoes where you want to go, you're in charge reposition those dominoes by doing side projects. I mean, this recognizes the truth that our employer is not responsible for our growth or the trajectory of our career. Only you and I are. This is exactly how my paper illustration came to fruition. I wanted to create sets, but I didn't have the space large enough to do some for humans. So I wanted to work on a smaller scale. Sharing this with my friends, they asked if I wanted to collaborate and create set designs for their lapel pins. And so I was off, creating product shots and hero images for Super Team Deluxe. I got to play with paper and did my still life imagery. And the fruit of that personal project, I took to Focus Lab and I pitched those paper heroes for their blog post. I took over my dominoes and repositioned them where I wanted to go, not where the job was taking me. So what's the point? Learn what you can in your job. Earn what you can in your job, but be sure to be the boss of your dominoes. The third lie, if they want me, they'll reach out. Earlier, I mentioned I'm two months in into my freelance career and dealing with the flow or lack thereof of client leads is a bit scary. And when I made the decision to jump into freelance, I previously had one lead every six months. That's certainly nothing to leave your stable job for, but I did it anyways. Understanding that the likelihood of staying freelance is directly related to the amount of leads I receive. I know that I have to make noise and reach out to people to get work. I don't want to seem pushy and I don't want to be rejected. And so I've always operated under the lie, if they want me, they'll reach out. That means that I'll be over here in my proverbial paper sandbox until a potential client walks by and we can all see the problem with that. How long is it going to take for a client to wander over to my piece of the internet? If ever. Probably long after I've closed up shop because of the lack of work. So let's be honest, this way of thinking, if they want me, they'll reach out, is the result of believing the two previous lies. I'm not good enough, 
Plus, this is going nowhere equals a whole bunch of passivity. Pretty much, it's just operating underneath the lie of this is the hand I'm dealt, this is how it is, this is how it will be, and so our souls just deepen its attachment with our spirit, animal, Eeyore, and we don't do anything. And this lie, if they want me, they'll reach out. It then perpetuates the two previous lies. If I'm not good enough, no one will reach out. If no one reach out, it means I'm not good enough. I mean, do you see? Do you see it? Do you see it? So in order to tackle this lie that, you know, if they want us, they'll reach out, we're going to have to go all in on the first two. So instead of thinking we're not good enough, we're going to rewire our neural pathways. We're going to do our personal declarations and we're going to tell ourselves this truth. We are always a work in progress and we will not give up. We are always a work in progress and we will not give up. And instead of thinking that fates are sealed by our current situation, thinking that this is going nowhere... We're going to take charge of those dominoes and we're going to trust the path that God has put us on. Again, we are going to take charge of those dominoes while trusting the path that God has put us on. And because you've exchanged passivity for activity, you are exploring and you are discovering. And when those two things happen, it unlocks your curiosity. And once your curiosity is piqued, You are at the height of your creative game because that is the thing that drives you. And all this leads to work you're eager to share. Maybe because it's just cool. Or maybe because you fought your lies and you won the battle. So believe me when I tell you that your best work is ahead of you. You are good enough. What you do matters believe me, we want to see your work. If you'd like to continue the conversation, have feedback, or even ask questions, you can get me at Alicia Cologne on any social platform. Until next time, stay focused.